Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good morning. Can please, can I have the lecture? I need something to put this on. Good morning, everybody. Ah, I don't even know where we are. We started so light and buoyant in the Lord. And now, please raise your hand if you've not shed a tear. Let me know that you are a criminal. You need to be investigated if you are not moved or touched in some way. And even a whole daddy G.O. You know, so who are you not to cry? Who are you not to cry? And that's, a, that's serial killer behavior. You need to be investigated. Okay, hallelujah. Um, thank you so much to everybody who shared, who was vulnerable enough um, before this family. And I truly pray that this journey of healing continues to be perfected by Christ. It will not be hijacked. And that truly, out of you, will be birthed a wellspring of life for many others who might be in similar um, conditions or circumstances. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. It's like we have just like 30 minutes left for end of service and I'm looking at like four or five pages. God help us. So, um, um, I told Pastor Freddie at some point this week that, oh, you know, it's like I'll take Sunday service, Wednesday service, I think. I said, oh, Sunday is there. So I said, okay, no problem. And then we already discussed the theme. But I think Friday, when the church team reached out to me and asked me for a topic, I was indisposed. And so I saw a flyer suddenly. I said, Thanksgiving with Lydia Adimefe and I was thinking hey God oh, my topic and things giving them fast small boats we'll find a way to marry the two so um, in all things we should give thanks so Thanksgiving is just you know our normal so it works but today I'm speaking on the I'm speaking about marriage and the spirit of marriage um, God help us to finish in good time I pray that God prepares your heart to receive his word that we're all attentive, we're not just hearers, but then we're able to carry through to doing his word and seeing his life expressed in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, in Jesus' name. Okay, so please, can we open to John, John 4, verse 4. Um, media, should I read from my own phone or can I rely on you? Okay, I'm just going to read. It's on the screen. TPT. TPT, please. Okay, I'm going to start since we still, we have so little time left. Um, let's start at five. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sekar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was nearly afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. She replied, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, You'd ask me for a drink, and I would give you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? 
Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give, I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. Okay, I'm just going to open a note that says, um, Okay. The Greek verb for springing up is halomenu, and it's never used for inanimate objects like water. It is a verb used for living people, for people, living things, and means jumping or leaping up. And it's translated elsewhere as an activity of the Holy Spirit. So the woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to drink, to draw water. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. Now it's interesting that they are talking about water. Just talking about water. I'm thirsty, give me to drink. Me, I'd like, I, can't you see my travel marks? Do we look like we resemble? Like I'm not from, you know, and it enters the conversation about, okay, who owns the well? Who drank before? Do you think you're better than, do you think you are? What, you don't even have buckets. Where are you fetching your own water from? Are you the one asking me to drink again? And then Jesus says, go bring your husband. And it becomes a conversation about marriage. And then she says, but I'm not married. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times. And now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman changed the subject. Are we there? What's happening? I can't see TPT, I see KJV, okay. Okay, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God on this nearby mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship. Who's right? Jesus responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship. You will worship the Father neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. But we Jews worship out of experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is also confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. Amen. 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 And truly, the anointed one is the one speaking to us this morning. He is here. We no longer have to wallow in confusion. We no longer have to be thirsty, looking for waters that cannot satisfy. From this moment on, the wisdom and the spirit of God is available to transform things, even marriage, even five times married people. God says, I can give you a water. I can give you a life that will spring up from within you. And that thing you seem to search for, that thing that seems to be so elusive, you never look for again. Amen. So, um, like I said, you know, this service has been like this, 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 and this is another, but please take it in good stride. Um, in the world today, it's you know marriage is one of the institutions that should be sacred, should point to God, should be God honoring. The entire point of the entire idea of marriage was by God, from God. Adam didn't wake up and say, "I want to be married today. Please give me a woman, make a woman." Eve wasn't waiting in another garden and saying, "I just wish you know a guy would just walk in here like he's you know, we're thirsty." 
But God himself decided that it's not good for man to be alone in his wisdom and in his goodness. And he created a woman. And there we saw the first family formed before God, by God, of God. It wasn't his idea. Adam had to be put to sleep even because he might have confused God small if he was talking through the process. Who knows, you know. But then we have to understand that marriage is first from God and by God. And if we truly believe this, we have to go to the source to understand the why, the how, and the what of marriage. Sadly, today in the world, we have so many, you know, conversations about marriage that just make it seem like, you know, something we came up with or something that we can just decide, you know, how, you know at any point in time, how it should go, what should happen. Um, there are so many problems in marriage. I saw a few, and I'm sure you guys would, you know, agree. You know, first of all, not enough people are submitting their their desires and lifestyles under the authority of Christ. There are too many pictures of perfect marriage is not enough, are not enough proximity to, to actual examples, authentic examples. There are too many people who place enormous value on things that have nothing to do with the reality. And Satan, Satan hates God's idea of marriage, of course, you know, and so there's a spiritual agenda against it. There's a problem of instant sensuality over long-lasting value in marriage. There's too many people unaware, unaware of their own brokenness, expecting whole people. There's trauma, and then there's lack of therapy. There are people enjoying being at odds, you know, nobody listening, everybody trying to have their way, pride. There's choosing mates based on how people will perceive the relationship, and then the list is endless. The list is truly endless. But then, if we talk about the spirit of marriage and even the spirit in general, we understand that the spirit is the ultimate hunger of our souls, like Jesus spoke about in John. That what we really, our souls hunger and our journeys through life can sort of seem like rambling and mistakes and brokenness because what we look for, we are not asking from the true source. Pastor Fred talks very often about how, you know, you know, you look to the rock from which you were caught, you were hewn. We are of God, we are made of him. So trying to find answers from a tree, yeah. unless it's the tree of life, you know, and you're a rock, and you're trying to, yeah, you're knocking on the tree, please tell me who I am, why am I here? And so you're here to pluck mango. So you're here to pluck mango. And you're part of this massive mountain, and they're looking like you chai, that boy or that girl, you know. And we look to the wrong avenues for answers, and God is waiting all the time with abundant wisdom. He's waiting, that wellspring that cannot run dry, that is inexhaustible. And we just keep going in circles. Many of us start marriage out based on cultural expectations, what culture dictates to us, what we think it should be, what our parents did, did even, you know. But then today, God, and maybe, and maybe that's why the name came. I had never seen it before. It's actually in the Bible, the spirit of marriage. I had never seen it before. I think it's in Malachi, you know, uh, had been speaking to me about it. I see so many breaking, I don't want to say broken, breaking marriages marriage is work let nobody deceive you you have to put in the effort if you want a beautiful garden you have to water it but it's not ugly it's not ugly marriage is also beautiful marriage is enjoyable marriage can be deeply fulfilling but marriage will show you yourself marriage forces you to look at yourself in a way that you probably never have you know, if you have siblings, for instance, and then they annoy you, last, last, you will grow one day. You will get to that age and you can leave the house. 
one day you get a job and you pay for your own food, your own clothes. If your sister's always giving you, you're borrowing her clothes, one day you buy your own. Your brother, you know, they don't want you in your space. You get your own space. Basically, from every other relationship, you can put some distance. You can run. You can set boundaries. You know, but marriage. Oh, if you think you were beautiful, if you think inside you were gentle person, like Pastor Freddy. He just looks like a gentle dove, and today now we're all white, you know. But see, people, what I saw in my, <laughs> what my eyes saw, hey God, eh? It's the same person. <laughs> Is this saving you that wrote me love letters? Hey God, you hey people, Freddy toasted me, as in he, I, like it took the spirit of God not to be confused by the toasting and to keep my eyes on the prize. Like the toasting was intense. Should I tell them? Should I tell them? How very beg me. Even the proposal, I used two legs to kneel down. Like, like I beg, I beg, marry me. I beg, marry me. Ah, oh, God. Was more time. He realized that he didn't really like seeing people every single. Like he likes people. He's a people person, but he, like really, I wake up yesterday. I'm sleeping here again. <laughs> I come back from work yesterday again, like, oh God, so really, this one person forever. <laughs> he never expected it. <laughs> I mean, in many ways, I was also blindsided, you know. I thought, um, I thought I had all a man needed to be happy. I really thought, hey God, man, you don't know the meaning of enjoyment. Do you know enjoyment? You have not, you see, let me unleash this. You don't know what enjoyment means. I thought, I'm gonna scatter your brain with enjoyment. Like, you're, you're going, ah, but slow and build. <laughs> enjoyment is clearly not a natural given. You know, I realized how selfish I could be. I realized that sometimes my love was predicated on what I got in return. I realized that I didn't always like him and I had to love him. <laughs> you know, so in many ways, I saw myself. And one, at one point when we're really, really having troubles, and I just said, God, today, not today, I they pack my bag, I they go. And my father, something my father had said when, when we came to visit after our wedding, stuck in my head, he returned the bride price, of course. And then he said, I just want you to know that, see, that she has a room in this house. It will always be her room. That don't treat our daughter, don't treat my daughter anyhow, because she can come back. And so oh, she like I, I like it. You do any I see any Do any I see any You know, and all that. And so me too. True, true. I actually thought that you know I could just come and be any small thing. I'm going. And then I was talking to God because the cry had passed. Be careful. And then he said, sit down. See that way here. I said they are cursing me. I'm and I, I don't have any cause again to cause. I'm going. So, um, but God explained something to me. He said, "You don't know how to be married." This was about three years in or so. I said, "What do you mean? I've been doing this thing for like the, I know, like I, I know." I said, "No, you don't know how to be married because you were never married to me." I thought, this guy, where is he going again? Like, you're my Lord and Savior. You're my Father in heaven. Which one is married to me? But there is a dimension in our relationships and the call that God has placed on our lives as Christians, as His children. We are a bride. We are a body. We are married to Him. You know, 
if you look at as I, the book of Isaiah, wait, hold on, let me, let's all read together. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. But in the book of Isaiah, you know, he speaks, he does speak about marriage and what has happened, how there's been a divorce and we've forsaken, you know, how we've chosen others instead of him. And then even in Revelation, it talks about returning to your first love. Revelation, I think, 2, 17, 18, 19. It talks about returning to your first love. That you've done so many things, Lily. Oh, you've done so many things. Oh, wow, wonderful. You're such a tender child. You know, a gentle general. And all but that. You've forgotten your first love. Do we think, and when you read that sometimes, we, we tend to think that, oh, maybe God is the one in need of our love. Or that God doesn't have people that love in heaven. Or that your love is one kind of special love that you know only God's like, or there's you know, it's not for him. God is not insecure, doesn't need his he doesn't need our love to be validated, he doesn't need our love to be who he is, he doesn't need our love even to be loving towards us. We love because he first loved us. We learn love from him, we learn love from him, and that's the entire point of going back to our first love. We learn truly how to love again, we learn truly how to be married. And so it's interesting how they're talking about water first and then suddenly just talks about, you know, marriage. And for this woman, marriage was that area where she truly needed that water. She needed that like that spirit, that life within her coming. But for many of us, it's many other things, but today, well, marriage. <laughs> Amen. So we have to understand that there is a spirit. There is a spirit that guides us in marriage. There's a spirit in Malachi. Malachi 2 verse 13. Please, could you put that up? Malachi 2.13 Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Okay. Yay. Hey, KJV. And this have you done again, covering the altar of God with tears, with weeping, and with crying out in so much that he regarded not the offering anymore or receiveth with goodwill at your hand. I don't know if Gen Z can understand or decipher this, but keep going. Um, yet ye say, wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Keep going. And did not he make one, yet had he the residue of the spirit. And in other translations, I believe that's where we find the spirit of marriage. And wherefore one? Seek that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. So here, God is angry and he's rebuking them through the prophet. He's talking about how you've rebuked, you know, you've, 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 you've betrayed the wife of your youth. And I was a witness to that vow you made. And you don't care. At this point, I, at this point, I believe that, you know, um, many men were leaving their wives to marry women from other tribes from other nations because maybe they're more beautiful maybe they're more exciting just like a big just tell us what to do you know uh but that you you made vows to these women and i was a witness now this was hard for them why because god spoke of himself as being witness but then it was a charge against them because we know now that truly to do marriage as god intended you have to have the vision that god himself has set before you for marriage and that's christ and the church the perfect the perfect description the perfect example of what marriage should be like 
So imagine the people just grappling, trying to understand, you know, and then their king has like, how many does Solomon have? How many wives does Solomon have? Yeah. Seven, almost a thousand wives, and they're thinking like, really, how do you keep for each and every single woman all the ordinances of marriage, all you do, and you, you stay faithful, you stay this, you stay that, you love as your own self. Yourself will finish. 700 women sharing all the love you have for yourself. You know, so it was hard. It was truly a hard saying. And then at the same time saying, God hates divorce. God hates divorce. Well, how would divorce not happen? There's no pattern. There's no picture. Our kings, the men who, you know, worship God and served him and, you know, God called men after my heart. Even they were not perfect examples. They were not good enough. Who we could go and follow? You know, and until Christ comes and then speaks of himself in the New Testament, we see the picture that God had always intended for marriage. That there's a spirit behind marriage. And until that spirit is within us, enabling us, embracing us, it's just a matter of time. That we can't use the worldly examples and standards. We can't look at our pastors. We can't look at their examples. No, look also. We have our issues. You can't look at the best speakers. You can't look at the best marriage coaches. That Christ himself is the perfect example. And so when he said to me, you don't know how to be married. I was thinking like, do you know how many books we read before we got married? We were, then we're reading, I think every week we're reading a book or something. Like we're giving, we, were, we put so much time. We're doing multiple counseling sessions. We're like, we're on fire to get this right. Because we both agreed that our vision for, um, first of all, was that we didn't want to be anything like where we're coming from. Our parents didn't know anything. In fact, you know, it was like, it, wasn't, it was barely even a marriage our parents had on both sides. So we knew that we had nothing to draw from, from personal experiences. But then we kept looking, looking, looking. And then the truth is that we think that the example, if it wouldn't come from here, would come from here. It comes from here and then lives within us. That being able to be a wife to Ferdy properly starts with me understanding that I'm a wife to God. That even as a married woman with Freddie, it doesn't remove my co the covenant, the love covenant I have with God, that I am still married in and to him. And that even he, when we marry, he's under that, he's under covenant as well, married to God. And so we could think about it as a cord of three strands, and you know, God is somehow married to two of us in the marriage. Or that, okay, yes, three strands, or a triangle, you know, or at the same time that. I bring what I enjoy from God or Christ as my husband and I'm able to mirror that to Freddie as my husband. That is what gives me staying power. That's what makes, that's what enables me to give him unconditionally because I take, I enjoy from an unconditional love here. I know that on days I mess up. God isn't, you know, I, there, there are some days where I do things I know that God is looking like, wow, like I, I thought we were over this. Like, a clap for yourself, new level unlocked, you know. But that even on those days, he doesn't berate me. I go back to him, he gives me the wisdom I need. He comforts me. He pulls me out of my mistakes. There's so much grace in that relationship. It's living, it's active, it's as alive as the relationship I have with my husband here. And that's why I'm able to do this the best I can because of what I enjoy with God and from God. So understanding that I'm his bride, whether you're a man or a woman, you're his bride too. Men know they look like saying only women are the full of talk. Yeah. You're his bride too. And so being yes, you so being able to <laughs> yes, you're my point of reference. So being able to submit as a man to Christ, 
being able to submit as a man to Christ, being able to yield, being able to be devoted. The word submit is actually not found in is actually not found in the original text. It says with your wife and then devoted. And it's the same with man, it's the same word, but we see that they are expressed in different ways because of the dynamic of the relationship. So what does being devoted to Christ look like for you? It would look like what it, it would be for me to be devoted to using it, right? And what would it be like for Christ devoted to God, submitting his will on earth? That would be like what it would you and you have to do with Christ while I submit to you. Amen. Do you understand? But it's the same devotion. It's the same principles demanded. It's the same spirit at work. We need a God consciousness. It's his idea. It's his wisdom on display. And we have to, at every point in time, with every turn, with every twist, understand that we need to draw from him to get it right, to do it right, to survive. It's not easy to look at adults now who are trying to fix, knowing that if they were children and if they were put in the right families, if or not, well, I won't say right families, but families that glorify God and truly, you know, held on to his word and how to raise children and how to be married. There'll be so, you know, so much less brokenness. It's painful when we hear about even now marriages that just can't survive because at the very foundation, there is destruction. Foundations have not been replaced, have not been addressed, have not been removed. There's trauma that has yet to be, you know, dealt with. And that healing, that flow comes from Christ. That, that true healing begins when we come to Christ. The world will tell you, oh, you know, your parents didn't do this. You know, your mother, your father wasn't around, and so that's why you're this. Your mother wasn't around, this one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are people, there are also people who didn't have, you know, who had very similar, you know, um, events shaped their lives. But what made the difference? Christ made the difference for some people. When I share often about how, you know, um, in my house, I'm, you know, probably like the only, I was like the only Christian for a while. I look like, huh? You know, like, how did you, you know, make it here? It wasn't easy. It's still not easy some days trying to explain my faith, my decisions, my stances. But it made a world of difference. So it does work. Being committed in any dimension of our lives and choosing to mirror what we receive from Christ and not just think that it ends with us but that there's, you are an ever-flowing stream you're the one to bring healing it is by that ever-flowing stream that the dirt and debris from your, your, your forefathers, your fathers, your mothers the marriages and then the family dynamics you had to endure is washed away and a new way is paved that's how generational curses are broken that's how new orders are established I meet people to, to today who, you know, grew up maybe as, you know, grew up in church families or persons. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't relate with how saved they are. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand. Like, I can't relate with how saved they are. They don't, they don't know some things. Like, uh, I'm just like, wow, radical. Like, you can raise a child in this same Lagos. And they wouldn't, you know, they're just... And they truly have a, a self-cutting conviction and love for God. It's not born from their parents. It wasn't, you know, they saw their parents love and live out God. And then it, it you know, they caught it. It, it, it. it was a personal transformation journey for them as well. Not everybody's relationship with, you know, with the church, you know, having parents who were pastor's kids or something, or having parents who were pastors, I mean, you know, ended in tears or ended with them rebelling and hating the church. 
if we're able to really see the love that we enjoy in Christ flow through us, if we can see ourselves as channels and portals of grace, forgiveness, devotion, you know, everything that we enjoy from him, everything that he is, everything that he's displayed and made known while he was on earth here, we can do it. We can get it right. So for this woman who had five husbands, Jesus was basically saying, what you're looking for, what your soul really needs, what your soul really needs is a hunger. Your soul really has stories, a hunger that only the spirit can satisfy. What your soul, what your deepest longing for is the spirit. And it's not just about marriage. In every area of our lives, if we're not able to take the spirit of God, if we're not able to give up our wills, give up our pride, give up, give up our hurt, our pain, you know, our our ability or our actually our rights to take, you know, to avenge what's been done to us and lay it down and say, God, I'll take your way. God, I'm going to trust you when you say I should let it go. God, I'm going to trust you when you say there's a higher way. God, I'm going to trust you when you say not now. God, I'm going to trust you when you say I have better coming. God, I'm going to trust you when you say, this won't kill you. And able to truly trust him as if he was here right beside us and you know, touching you flesh to flesh. If we're able to truly deepen our relationship and then love God because he is our first love, then we can be better in all our love relationships. There'll be less brokenness. There'll be less hurt. There'll be less pain. There'll be more forgiveness because you know you can't totally eradicate mistakes and wrong. But then there's so much more we can bring to our relationships. There's so much to bring to the world. I'm so big on this because it seems so small as maybe you're just thinking boyfriend, girlfriend, you know. But then children, children are the legacy. They are the nations waiting. Imagine if Abraham and Sarah didn't work out. How would Isaac have been? Only one Isaac, and then you know, inside you is two sons, and then they will be at, and then inside those, two, uh, inside that one of those sons is the twelve tribes of Israel. Imagine how it would have been. I mean, well, they weren't perfect, but then imagine how much more horrible it would have been. What we'd have to grapple with. But this is what happens every single day. In Malachi said, "And what do I want? Okay, and what do I want from? Yes, he says it says that, and and wherefore one that he might seek a godly seed. This is very high level English, but what he's basically saying: What do I want?" from marriage ultimately seed that are like inheritance from me seed that take the love take the light I give that I am into the world seed that transform the world seed that become nations and communities of people that brokenness really is broken down that pain is reduced that marriage is again glorious and honorable relationships can be honorable that people can really believe in, you know, in delaying gratification. And I'm exalted because at the end of the day, they are happier, they are better for it. Can we trust God again with relationships? Can we just trust him again? So you can, you're not just a husband or wife by name. You're not just a husband or wife by name. There's a spirit that makes it possible. Many people, something I've heard, he says, I think it's a picture, says, you know, you marry like you know marry. You know, and it's, they say it to me like, oh, yeah, I'm married, but you know, nobody's feeding me. I'm not eating. I'm married, but I'm still washing plate by myself like a bachelor. I'm married, but I'm still washing my clothes myself. I'm married, nobody's helping me to adjust my tie before I go to work. You know, very, uh, in a very early way. But then in the real sense, to be married if you're not married. 
you think you can be selfish, you can live for your own desires, or you come even expecting that another person would fulfill your desires, is there to meet your needs and meet your wants and you know, that's not what marriage is about. Marriage is a mutual outgiving of each other. Each person is thinking, how can I give you? Because where you're coming from, what, what, what the marriage, the mar your first marriage, your real, you know, enduring marriage, the marriage that continues even after you die, you go to heaven and you're married, you're still married, is to God. And what you enjoy, if you're able to, to if you're able to mind that marriage while you're here, is the ability to do the other seamlessly. You do it with wisdom. It just feels easy. So like many people say, oh, marriage is just easy. It's because they've done the hard work with God. God has broken. God has, you know. Some people, it's your wife that is doing it for you now, or your husband that is doing it for you now, and then, you know. But then you've done all that with God. You've been vulnerable with God. So being vulnerable with your spouse is no longer an issue. You've learned to understand and see God. You've learned to, what's the word? To worship Him. You know, in some, in some translations, they actually use the word worshiping your spouse, revering Him. Revering her, 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 I'm looking at you, yes, her, you know, you guys make this, I'm talking to only the women. Because what is required is mutual, but how it might be expressed is different. But what is required is mutual. Amen. So, what are the keep us, what are the things that hold us back from enjoying our marriages? If you ask me, I say it's the same thing that keeps us from, and holds us back from enjoying a love relationship with God. You can't trust God that you can't see that. said he loves you, has given, he has even died for you on top. You now want to believe your husband or your wife that, you know, I will die for you, I love you. And I mean in the holiest of holy sense. He's not just trying to get into your, you know, into your drawers. Uh, enjoying, yielding yourself into that relationship with God is what equips you in every way. Being able to yield, commit, trust, submitting, whether you're a man or woman, Okay, please can we open Malachi? Okay, already read that. Ephesians 5.32. And then somebody else, First Peter 3, 5 to 7. This is like a speedo. Where? Ephesians 5.32. Okay. Okay, going. <laughs> okay, here's the worship. Okay, carry on. Go on, I'll tell you when to stop. 33, so you stop. Okay, First Peter 3 5 to 7. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, wait, pause there first. I know that when we hear submission, I saw people already in, in the spirit, they've already carried javelin to, to use to stone me. I know you put away my car is packed. Please, nobody should bust my tires. Nobody should scratch my car. I'm begging you, I have children to take home. But it's a hard saying. Even Jesus said, well, it's a hard, you know, these are hard sayings. They're hard things to demand because of how they're accustomed to be. How just naturally selfish and rightly so we need to you know think of ourselves i know i'm almost out of time but then you guys when you give me your testimonies you guys didn't see me standing here and sending notes hallelujah you know but i'm wrapping up thank you but then um sorry and you know say something about um don't let yourself be intimidated and do without fear now i used to think it was i used to think it was i i used to well think it was because of something else but what it really is is this that a woman has to be so bold to believe that even as stupid and foolish as it seems to believe and stand her ground that she's doing right by god when she does that for her husband because we all come with power we all come with the measure of you know ability and i've spoken about this before some other time about how you know you are able to choose you choose who you have to submit to in god in christ we have the perfect lover but on earth here yeah, people are on a journey nobody is perfect and that's where your ability to choose and choose right and choose by the wisdom of god and the guidance of the holy spirit is important don't choose by human values choose a man that you know you can trust in his you can you can easy you you can rest you know in him because you know who you've chosen it's like everybody from a village everybody's a warrior in that village Jonas, everybody's a warrior in the village all women all the men but then decide that all the women decide that okay the men are going to let them lead us in this battle mm. we've seen them if i we ask them to audition we ask them to even dance on top like in case dance is needed you know like basically you've you've tested you chose with intelligence you mindfully made a decision and then you enter into covenant with that person and so then you want to decide that okay so they've gone they passed the front gate now we're going to pass the back gate to and go and do our own like you suddenly want to just go you know rogue so it's like a kind of rebellion when we choose we make a covenant and then we try to do our own way it's what we do to god all the time which is why he can talk to us about it do you understand we choose god we call him lord we call him savior we call him master but then is he really master of our affairs do we really consider him when we make decisions do we really trust him when he speaks to us? Do we even hear God? That's another thing, people. Do we even hear God? Like, are you relying on people to speak to you? The one in the Bible, have you been able to, you know, agree and trust with, you know, he trust him on that one? So we make an informed decision in marrying a person. Nobody is forced on you. You choose. God will know. That is why your free will is needed when you're choosing a spouse. Okay. God will not force a husband or a wife on you. Last, last, he will say, this is, my, this is a good person. Proceed if you want. If you don't want, okay. Another good person cometh. You know, it's up to you ultimately. But when you make that choice, can we be like Christ and say, this thing will pain me because I know what I want inside or what I would prefer because of how it pain me. But nevertheless, your will not mine. That's our agreement. And I love how, I think it's in Luke, what happened after that, while he was praying in the garden, is that an angel came and strengthened, well, it says an angel, but then, you know, he was strengthened. Is that every time we choose against our natural desires, our natural inclinations to be selfish, 
we find strength something happens in the spirit it's just not it's not about the physical something happens in the spirit we find strength even to do more our capacity is enlarged there's no time but i can't talk enough about how you know the times we've agreed i might my people here maybe you guys you know can relate as well but the times we've agreed on things no in between no strife no bow nothing and agreed on things and then just seeing god you know do like way more than we could imagine ask or think literally there are things that happen in the spirit god calls it when we are rebellious as the violent tearing of one flesh trying to you know strip skin away from skin because that's how it is over that's how it is from the spiritual spiritual view from the spiritual realm and so for us we must think how do we how do we cultivate the spirit um i wrote a few things and i'm just going to turn over them really fast and you know be out of your hair but never stop learning about your spouse you know what i'm saying never lose your wonder may we never lose our wonder in the same vein never lose your wonder about your spouse there's so much more to learn about them every day they are constantly unraveling you know with the times events of life you know today you're just a husband tomorrow you know you're the ceo or something next to your father or you know something basically at every point in life you're evolving you're changing so there's always something you need to learn about the person that you're in covenant with there's something about the person that you're married to so never lose your wonder about your spouse always seek to know more to learn more in the same way that we know that god is inexhaustible we are constantly looking to learn something new about him to see him in a new dimension bring the same energy home bring the same energy home to introspection turn the light on yourself first every time back then i'll go to god and i'd be complaining about something i got this this man is just a wicked it to be bad and god would show me my heart myself my selfish my motives that you know even you you know you're not so neat yourself you to yourself is hmm? these are the areas where you need to improve most of the time he gives me wisdom to change he doesn't just change him and sometimes i see that even in my obedience to god in doing what in doing what he's advised me to do i see my husband sort of make a turn i see him yield it's not even just marriage in every kind of relationship when we, we you know when we first obey we see things shift we see things turn sometimes that's all that's necessary so constantly realizing that even you are a work in progress introspection and turning a light letting god do a work in you you are constantly healing it can happen all at once in one day but being even open removing pride and saying god i know that i'm not all special i know that i constantly need work i need you help me show me david said search search my heart um uh, i've forgotten how he said it but basically you know he was saying sorry if there any if any wickedness in me being that open before god and god will show you where you need to make a change and be humble because you have a marriage you know sort of like a circle within a circle your marriage to your spouse is a circle within the circle of your marriage to god being able to obey submit trust you know enables you to do the second so thirdly look to your vision overlook the the minors focus on the majors um there's a proverb that's about you know um a dog that barks at every is it tree or stone will not get where he's going it's not everything every you know everything that you you have to learn the art of being you know blind to a certain degree so this you should never be blind about so I do, i'm sure i don't need to mention them here please you know exactly but then to a certain degree you have to close your eyes to their flaws they are not perfect they may never be perfect 
but you 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 must decide to love them as perfectly as you can so if you're single i say be patient know god know yourself be committed to deepening your first love so that when it's time you come home you come home with god that's your completion that's where you find your fullness you come ready you come full you don't come thirsty amen okay you can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com follow us on instagram facebook and twitter on the tribe lagos god bless